Join us for a life-changing encounter with Bishop Samson Tisi. Bishop Samson is the resident pastor of the Catch the Anointing Center, Bolgatanga, originating from the United Denomination of Lighthouse Group of Churches. Be blessed as you listen. You are welcome to our meeting podcast and it's a blessing having you. We, get, we wish you a happy listening. God bless you. This day, uh, we, we want to look at essential characteristics of a person who we want to appoint in leadership in the church of God, or even a pastor. In the church of God, the pastor is the highest person. We have, we have different titles for the pastor. You can become a reverend, bishop, archbishop, and etc. But basically, God said in the book of Jeremiah 3.15, he said, and I'll give you pastors after my own heart, who shall fill you with knowledge and understanding. So the, 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 the pastor is supposed to be the leader in the church. Among the fivefold ministry, you realize we have the, the apostle, we have the prophet, we have the, 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 the evangelist, we have the pastor, we have the teacher. And the, the fourth one, the pastor, he, he is the shepherd. He's the lover of the sheep. And under the pastor, that is where sheep gather. The pastor's role is to have the sheep and then increase them. The people of God that is given to him is able to grow it. He's a lover of, of the sheep. And, and, and if one is going to be made to be brought to such a responsibility, that, that person should have to have some features. And when we say features, we are talking about the prominent or conspicuous uh, part of that person, if you like the characteristic of, of that person and, and what the person is supposed to have, what the person is supposed to be like to be able to be a leader in the house of the house of God. And it is it's very important that such persons uh, have some things. And the first thing is such a person who is going to be a leader in the church. And I've told you the highest position in the church is a person called a pastor. And de depending on the church, so, so some, some church, the only title is pastor. It doesn't go beyond that. And we some have ordination where the, the pastor is now called a reverend. And then we even have others where the person become a bishop, then an archbishop, and, and it goes on. It goes on. So whatever the title is, I think the function is the same, but maybe different names. And it is very important that such a person to, to that responsibility of a high office who have some traits, character traits, which are very important. The first one for such a person is to have a personal relationship with God. You know, this work, a pastor, is, is like we said, a poem and the shepherd, he works for God. God is the overall shepherd and we are the under shepherds. So the senior shepherd, the senior pastor, Jesus himself, and we work under him. So it cannot be that one rises to become a pastor who doesn't know God? I don't know how it's going to become. The person doesn't know God, but he's coming to work for God. It's it, it, that it is it's a non-starter. It doesn't work. So that that's the first thing. You must know God. The God you are working for. It's, it's easier to work for somebody you know. You don't need to talk too much. You know the person. We talk about people we don't know, so we talk a lot. But when you know somebody, when you have worked with the person, 
when you have competed with the person, even you can just use one word to, to, to describe the person and you, you will not be far from right. But when you don't know somebody, you have to say things, pretend things, all with the, with the hope that by those words, your, your claim will be accepted. You must know God. You must know God. You must have a personal relationship. Paul said something in Philippians 3, 10. He said that I may know him. That I may know him. And he said that the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made confirmable even unto his death. So if Paul, at this time that he was writing, I may know him, it wasn't just when he got born again on the, on the road to Damascus. He has been a pastor. He has done a lot of things for God. But what he realizes is that you can't finish knowing God. God is like that. You can't finish knowing him. You will always, you see, you can only know very little about God. When you look through the, the Bible, I mean, God's name, the, the names of Jehovah, you see that different people called God differently based on what, which part of God was exposed to them. I, I don't know whether you get it. If you take Abraham, God is called Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, why? Because when it got to a very, a point that he knew he had just sacrificed his son Isaac, God called him and asked him to stop killing him. And then rather God provided a, a big ship in a ticket, a, a ship that is already caught with a horn that he cannot move. Then that animal was sacrificed in place of Isaac. What a miracle. So, so, so Abraham will call him Jehovah Jireh. But maybe somebody will not call God Jehovah Jireh because to, to that person, God healed him. In which case he will call him Jehovah Rafi. I hope you are good. And then somebody for a Gideon, and God wrote such a wonderful victory. He may be called Jehovah Nissim, which is God is a banner. So, so many people knew God. David called him the Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. So what I'm saying is that God, you can't finish knowing him. We are too insignificant to know God. God just decide to, if you like, show you a small part of him. And that fraction of him is what we know. When we see those who pray in the appropriate in the, the the gift of word of knowledge and wisdom, I mean, when there's a prophecy, look at how we shout, how we scream, how we clap because somebody has said something about you that nobody knows, and you see, that is a very infinitesimal, minute part of God. God just showed that prophet, that man of God, small, and you see how that person can even become proud. Because you can't finish knowing God. So it is it's our responsibility that as we grow, we will continually seek him and to know him more. And we know him by, by reading about him, by, by, by praying, by asking him questions and all that. And that is what many people who want to be pastors, who want to be prophets, who want to work for God, they don't want to go through these type of things. They receive one prophecy, they're already in town. They've started a church, the latest church, because he has gotten one word from God and it's true. But, but for you to go this long journey, you see, pastoral work and serving God, it's a long distance. It's not a 100-meter dash that you just run 100 meters and then within some 9 seconds you have finished, 10 seconds. It's not like that. It's something you are doing till, 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 till you die. And so the, the earlier we take it serious and, and know about it properly, I mean, the better it's going to be for us. So what I was saying is that like Paul, he said that I may know him. May we also want to know him in Jesus' name. I say, may we want to know God. And if you want to know him, you can know him. You see, in Isaiah, God, God said that he, 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 God who hides himself. 
Why would God want to hide himself? It's not that he doesn't want us to know him. But he doesn't just want a casual person to know him. Because, you see, when people know you and they don't know you well, sometimes they are the worst people who do worst things to you. Because it's like I know him. So God always hides. For those who don't want to know him, they wouldn't know him at all. Then those who seek him, he said, those who seek me, you'll find me. So those who seek him, they, they find him. And because seeking is not a casual thing, seeking is an intentional thing where you decide that I'm looking for something. Sometimes in your room, you see that something is lost. You intentionally look for it. It is not something that, as in your bed, it will, it will, it will come to you. So, so looking for God is something that we have to seek. We want, I want to know God that I may know him. I may know him. It's not, it's not God's responsibility. It's, it's, it's yours. It's ours to pursue him. We need God. It's not God who needs us. That, that's what must be clear to you. No matter how God uses you, you are still very, you can be dispensed with. You are dispensable. You are not indispensable. You are dispensable. If we are indispensable, then pastors will not die. But the fact that you can see a pastor dies, a great man of God dies, means we are, we are, we are dispensable. We are not indispensable. Because God can raise five-year-old person and use him. In the Old Testament, somebody can be as, as young as, as 16 or even less. He can become a king and can become an effective king. Because wisdom don't come from God. So may we want to know him. Because else we will do the work, we will pretend to know him. Then when we, we stand before him in the end, that's where he will tell you, I don't know you. In Matthew 7, he spoke about somebody who said, I prophesy in your name, I cast a devil in your name. Then he said, yes, all that description are true. But I don't know you. And you can't force God to know you. My brother, you cannot force God to know you. Ah, but he said he doesn't know you. That's as simple as that. What this one to do, are you coming to fight? He said, I don't know. He said, but I know you. Yes, but you can know somebody. But it doesn't mean the person knows you. If you look at the, the, the celebrities of the day, president and all those people, as you see them on TV every day, you'll be inclined to think that you know them. But they don't know you. They haven't seen you before. But by virtue of seeing them on TV, social media, and you have always seen them, when you see them, you can make them that. This is this man. That is true. But he doesn't know you. He has not seen you anywhere. Because you are not a celebrity. You are not on any TV yourself. You are, you are a watcher. And he is watched. I hope you understand me. So we should not stand before God in the last day. And then there he tells you, I don't know you. That, that will be, it will be too late. It will be pretty too late. That I don't know you, depart from me. You were case of iniquity. Wow. But I believe that if Jesus is the one who said it, then it is the truth. And you and I, I pray that we will not find ourselves wanting when we stand before him in judgment, where we are supposed to rather hear those converted words, that good and faithful servant. We are now going to hear, I don't know you, depart. And it's because whilst we are on earth here, we didn't seek him. We didn't search to look for him. And he said, I am God who hideth himself. God always hides himself. And he hides himself to those who don't want to seek him. But once you try to seek him, he himself will reveal himself to you. May God reveal himself to you and I. And that's why Peter said in 2 Peter 3, 18, he said that we should grow in grace. You should grow in grace. And he said, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Knowledge and knowledge is information. And that one, it comes by reading and revelation, but mostly by reading. If you want to know God, everything about him is written in the Bible. 
So as you take the Bible as a companion, as a book to read, every day you read, you are seeing God. Every day you read, and as you begin to pray, God will begin to expose and reveal himself to you. And that is what will make your relationship with him good. So I'm saying that as a first characteristic for somebody who is vowing and, and wanting to be a leader in the house of God, the first thing that is needed of you is for you to become somebody who, if you like, have a personal relationship, personal, not what somebody said. You see, the sons of Skiva in Acts chapter 19, that's what made their case very bad. They, they, they have, their father was an exorcist and all that. And, 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 and so I think they've seen him do some things. So they thought that they can also go and do some. But when they went to that demon-possessed person and lay hands on him and said that we will pray in the name of Jesus, the one that the, the Paul spoke about, the demons asked them, Jesus, I know, the demons, they know Jesus. Then he said, Paul, the Paul they're talking about, he too, he was a terrorist in the kingdom. He worried us, but what about you? He was asking for their CVs. They don't have, because all along, they, they, were, they were just operating the shadows of their father. There's nothing like that in the kingdom. It's a personal seeking and personal knowledge and personal knowing. Grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. May you and I grow in God. Many of us are growing in politics, growing in, the, in, in, your, in, your, in your field of endeavor. But few who said they want to be leaders in the house even want to grow. I mean, there are times that we write exams in the church and we see people who are holding master's degree, even PhD, you see that they are failed. And you wonder, how can somebody fail in a church exam? Which sometimes it's a book and scriptures. It's not because they, didn't, they don't know, but they, they, they despise it. They don't see the exam as important because it doesn't bring, it doesn't give them any additional certificate to improve their CVs. But when it comes to their MBEs and other such exams, they don't fail. I hope you understand. Because they don't want to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. They want to grow in the knowledge of medicine in the knowledge of accounting, in the knowledge of business administration, knowledge of sociology, social work, and all those things. But they are not interested in growing in the knowledge of God. But I pray that as you are hearing this, a person who wants to become a leader in the house of God, may you not be an ignorant pastor. And if you are, those who are following you, they are dead. Because if you yourself don't know, then what are your hearers going to hear? They are just going to hear things that are going to benefit them. So the first thing is that anyone who is vowing for the position of a pastor and for the leaders who appoint them, these features, these are essential features, essential, needed. Because if you don't do that, you create problems in the kingdom. Many of the confusion we have with some quacks, charlatans, pastors, we don't know their part. The things they are doing is contrary to what the Bible even says. But you realize that they may even have a call, but they don't have knowledge. Do you understand? Paul said it in, in the book of Romans. They say, my people have zeal. They have zeal for, about God, but they don't have knowledge about God. And that's why they kill Jesus. They, think, they thought they were even helping God. Anything, anytime they kill a prophet, they thought they were helping God. Because the zeal to kill is there, but they didn't do it according to knowledge. May we not be like them. May we be people zealous, but may we be zealously affected of a good thing. And Paul said, not when I, only when I am with you. Number two is to have interest in listening to preaching tapes and watching of preaching videos. 
this cannot be overemphasized. Which this all go to even even help you to know. How can you say you want to be a pastor? You want to be a leader in the church. And every time you see you, you are you are working, you are watching Stallone, you are watching Terminator, you are watching football. And the, the most important thing that you must watch, that one you don't watch. Because footballers are not watching preaching. They are watching other footballers. That's why they got role models. A person who is not even playing now, but they watch him and want to score goals like him. And they are able to do it. And sometimes they do it even more than the one they learn from. That is how we are supposed to also be. If we are Christians who want to grow up and have influence in the kingdom and to amount to anything in the kingdom, then we have to watch things and we have to see things. You see, you see, hearing things and watching things is what will increase your faith. I hope you understand. Romans 10, 17 says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you are going to be a pastor, you are going to be a leader in the church, you are a faith-based person. And if you are faith-based, then that will boost your faith. Is what should be important to you. If you, if you have a video of a, a man of God you have chosen or you believe God is leading you to follow and you see the exploit he does for God, it will increase your appetite to do something for God too. But if you are watching movies and watching things that are unrelated to your work, I'm not saying you can't watch movies, but I'm saying that your main, your main time cannot be spent watching movies because a footballer's main time is not used to, to listen to preaching. He used most of his time to practice in his career, in his area that he has chosen to prosper from. And if you are a pastor, or you are going to be a pastor, it is the same. I, I believe that a type of mediocre Christian leaders we have should, should be a thing of the past. We must begin to, to rise up and learn and, and preaching, listen to preaching. It's, it's also, it gives you information. And then the, the, the spiritual dimension on it, but sometimes the pastor preaching is anointed. The, the anointing is in the word of God. The, the word of God, Jesus described it in the parable of the sower as the seed. And oils are, are gotten from the seeds, seeds of, 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 of fruits. If, if, if you take palm oil, it comes from the, the, the seed is the palm fruit and the oil comes from it. We have palm kernel oil, coconut oil. Uh, 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 we have uh, uh, um, most different oils. They, they are from the seed of that. So the oil is in the seed, which is the word of God. So the more you crack the word of God, you are exposing yourself to the oil. Many people don't know that. Anointing comes from hearing. Ezekiel 2, 2, it says, it says that when he spoke, the, when the, the, the word entered into me, the spirit entered into me. It's a spirit, it entered into me. When he spoke, when I heard him, and he set me upon my feet. What happens? Somebody was speaking. The, the, the anointing is in the words. Maybe you wonder, what about the man of God brings anointing? It's a word that he speaks. That is why those who, who company with them get anointed. Jesus Christ, what Peter, James, and John, these guys, some were fishermen, task collectors, and all that. But as they put their profession aside and join the, 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 the work of God and follow Jesus, for three and a half years, Peter began to raise the dead. Peter was preaching and winning 3,000 people in a day. Why? Because Peter has been with Jesus Christ. That was the knowledge the Sanhedrin took that. Ah, these guys who stand before us in court today and argue with us, they didn't even go to school. Talking about Peter and John. But when they look at the boldness, the Bible says in Acts 4.13, they took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. 
association. They heard him speak. He just taught them so many things. Sometimes he would speak to the crowd in, in, in parables. Then after the crowd is dispersed, he will explain the parable to the, to the disciples who became the apostles. So that's how we learn. Watch videos. But some men of God, you can never have the opportunity of being around them. Some are even dead. And even if they are alive, you can't have opportunity of going to their house to serve them. Neither can you be close to them in their church. So the good thing that you can have is that, by the grace of God, you can watch their videos. Or you can hear their audio picture, like what I'm doing. And as you do, the anointing enters into you. Are you there? John chapter 6, verse 33. Say, it's the spirit that quickeneth. The word, they profit nothing. And he said, the words I speak unto you, the words, they are spirit and their life. The words are what? Spirit and their life. So that, that is why my, my, my dear friend who want to be a pastor, may you soak yourself through with preaching. Whenever we see you, there should be some preaching around you. I am listening to preaching always. I'm, I'm, I'm watching videos always. I don't know how to watch football. Most of the of the sporting activities in the world, I don't know how to watch them. But by the grace of God, I have I know how to watch videos. Instead of spending my time on, on football, I was spending my time on videos. Watch men of God preach. I listen to them preach and it blesses me and I receive from them. And it's something that for a person who wants to be a servant of God, there are earlier servants who have gone ahead of us. We can we can follow their footsteps and as we do. We, we, we will become knowledgeable, that's have the, 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 the knowledge part, and then receive the anointing part, which also make us anointed. Then maybe we, should, we will end with the, with, the, with the third one, the personal fasting life also of the individual. The personal fasting life. That now you know him. Now you are listening to preaching, you are watching videos and all that. Now there's also a part where you sacrifice. And this sacrifice is not monetary. A stomach. So important. Jesus Christ, before he started his earthly ministry, you know, Jesus Christ was born to uh, Joseph, who was a carpenter. And in those days, you, you just take over the profession of your father. So, without knowing, before we knew he was, he was a carpenter, people described him, is this not a carpenter? He was. That was his trade. But when became 30 years. Bible said when he began to be 30 years. That was the time John the Baptist was also in the scene baptized. Jesus went to baptize. Whilst he was being baptized, the Holy Ghost came upon him. The Bible said that he alone, when he got to his tent, he was praying. You see, people were going to be baptized. Some were asking others, is it, is it, is it painful? Or some are saying that, is the water too cold? As they were, the people were just thinking about what is going to happen as they go into the water. Jesus, who was spiritual, was praying. And the Bible said, as he stood before the servant of God, Apostle John, or the, the Baptist John, the Holy Ghost came upon Jesus Christ in a bodily form, like a dove. Then a loud voice was heard, Thou my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. And then he said, listen to him. Listen to what he will say. So after that, the Bible says that the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness. And there he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Wow. Before he would do his first preaching, behind him 
was 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 package of oil anointing how did it come 40 days of praying and fasting before god what does it mean it means he sacrificed his stomach he sacrificed his belly he sacrificed 40 days of his life to wait before god isaiah 40 31 says that they that wait upon the lord they shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings like eagle. They shall run. They will not be weary. They shall walk in their own feet. He waited upon God. 40 days is a lot. A lot of days. It's not small. 40 days, six good weeks, no food. Wow. But it was not therefore not surprising. But having all this power behind him. And was continually seen praying. That was one thing about, about him, if you were with him, that he was always praying to God. He was God in heaven. He was on earth. But he was talking to the Father in heaven. And, and it is so important for, for anyone who wants to be a servant of God to have a fast, a fasting, a life that has a part that is into fasting and then into prayers. Because fasting means you sacrifice. You sacrifice your stomach. What I've come to see that the whole kingdom, everything about it, is about sacrifice. That's why Jesus Christ said that if you want to follow me, you take up your cross and you follow me daily. Taking the cross is not going to a disco. You don't take a cross to go to disco. Luke 9, 23 said that you follow me. You follow. Where, where, where did Jesus end? He ended in uh, Calvary. He died. So it's a sacrifice. It's the ultimate. He paid the ultimate death, ultimate price, which is death. But we are supposed to, we may also even have paid the same thing. But even before paying it, that there's a part of that you, you sacrifice your stomach. And we are saying that if you cannot sacrifice food, then you, there are a lot of things you cannot sacrifice. I have seen for the period that I've been a pastor, people, people who cannot sacrifice their stomach to, to, to have a few days of prayer and fasting. The same people, they can't sacrifice other things. You see that they are living in sin, fornication, all those things. It's like they can't even overcome temptation because eating is also temptation at, at a point. So there are days that when you wake up, you just feel like you shouldn't eat now. Maybe you eat after 12, or maybe you eat after 6. But some people, those things, they can't work. But by 8, there, I should be eating my breakfast. God is not against you eating. But there are things that you will be deprived of. And, 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 and Jesus, when he was on the matter of transgression with Peter, James, and John, the Bible said that right down there, a man came with his son. I think the son was suffering from epilepsy. And he brought him to the disciples. Peter, James, and John were up. So it left with Thomas, Bartholomew, Judas, uh, I mean, there are names. And they tried to heal, they couldn't heal. When Jesus got down, this man came to kneel before him and said, Oh, I brought my child to you. Your guys couldn't heal it. Jesus Christ was not happy at all. Say, so you, you faithless generation, how long should I be with you? Then he, he asked the man to bring the son. Before the son could get to him, pray on the floor. And then Jesus commanded the spirit. And the, man behaved, the child behaved as if he was dead. And that was it. The devil was gone. When the man had left, the disciples found out why they couldn't do it. And Jesus told them that this kind, there's a kind of miracle. There's a sign or a kind of devils. You need fasting and prayer to deal with it. Prayer is good. Prayer is powerful. But there are things that you need some other things to catalyze it, to make it effective. And the, the, the dimension of fasting make things faster in the realm of the spirit. And he told them, the reason why you couldn't heal him, you have eaten too much. Wow. 
And, and that's the reason why in the ministry of Jesus Christ, we saw every kind of miracle. Remember, he worked for only three and a half years, but he had 40 days of not eating right behind him. How many days do you have behind you without eating? And no wonder in the church today, there's no power. Because there's the sacrifice to pray and sacrifice to fast is, is no more there at all. In Luke chapter 18, there was a scripture about uh, a Pharisee when going to a temple to pray. And he went to the a task collector. And the Bible said that when they got there, the, 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 the task the Pharisee started praying and saying that he, he, he thanked God that he's not like other men. And then he even said like this man. Then he said that I am, I am, I am not like an unjust person like this man. And then one thing that he said that he said, I pay tithe of all I have and I fast twice a week. Very important scripture. Luke 18 from verse 9. I fast twice a week. The Pharisees, who Jesus described as some weird people, that Jesus says that except our righteousness exceeds this, we will not make it for heaven. They were, we were fasting twice a week. I'm told that Monday and Thursday were their fasting days. But in the midst of the fasting, even how they would do their fasting, everything was so show for people to see. And Jesus Christ said that anything you do that you want the upload and applause of men, that upload or the applause is the salary, is the, is the, is the, is the benefit you get. You cannot be paid by applause and I also come and pay you. So if it's God, you do it in secret. Then the God who sees in secret will reward you. So if these Pharisees, who Jesus says that, except we become better than them, we cannot make it for heaven. If they, they, they are fasting twice and they will not make it for heaven, then I believe we who are the, the heaven bound and destined for heaven, we better fast and fast well. So, so this day as we bring our maiden broadcast to, to our end, what we are saying is that anyone who is aspiring to become a leader in the house of God must seek to know God. You must want to know him. And then you must also have to follow him by watching uh, videos and and, and, and preaching of other great men of God, which will inspire you. Because if God could use that man, then he could also use you. And also to learn how to fast. I believe this has been a blessing. And maybe you are listening to me and you are not a Christian. You are not born again. I want to, I want to lead you to Christ. I want to praise after me. Lord Jesus, this day I hear your word. I know you are the child of God. You are the son of God. Come into my heart. Wash me with your precious blood. Give me a place in you and let me live for you the rest of my life. I thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. The only how far we can we are we are here for today. We will come back to you same time tomorrow. God bless you. See you. Amen.